0: Hey there, NFT curious listeners, this is Ethan Janney from the Edge of Company and the Edge of NFT podcast. We're here with you In Davos Switzerland today coming to you from the World Economic Forum Convention that happens here every year we're gonna bring you some of the sharpest minds and global leaders telling you what they think about what's next and how they're making it happen in today's episode we're gonna transition from one interview to the next with a sound effect briefly in between to just give you that feeling that you're here with us transitioning from one engaging
1: conversation to the other so stay tuned sit back Back, relax and enjoy welcome to the edge of nft with your hosts jeff kelly ethan Janney, and josh krieger the podcast that brings you the top one percent of nfts today and what will stand the test of time we explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how nfts are changing the way we interact with the things we love this podcast is for the dreamers disruptors and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next.
0: Hey there, folks. Ethan here from Edge of NFT, and we are back in Davos enjoying another lovely yet cloudy day. It's been a little bit rainy here, but we've been able to uh, find solace from time to time. And we're going to try something a little fun today. We're going to do a little bit of a walk and talk with our guest right now, and his name is Gary Kugliakov and I'm gonna let him introduce himself and we're gonna talk a bit about what he's been up to the past couple of years, some really fun stuff. Gary, introduce yourself.
2: Sure, yeah, thanks, Eve. Uh Great to be here uh, and uh, yeah, fun uh, trying this one out. <laughs> so my name is Gary, I'm the founder of Gogo Protocol and uh, also the incoming new Ovix Protocol. Former banker, moved into FinTech many years ago built a couple of fintech companies here in Europe and then uh, yeah got caught by the crypto bug in 2020 and uh, can't imagine doing anything else all right and
0: I don't think I caught tell me uh, where you where you're from like where were you born where have you lived and yes yeah, so... you're in Zouk now I know yeah
2: yes so I grew up in Germany in Berlin Germany okay and I didn't think that that's a fun place to to be especially when you want to disrupt tech or finance, especially because Berlin hasn't been this financial capital like maybe London or, or even Frankfurt. And when I was 18, moved to London to study and then went into finance, started working there in the city, in the financial district. And after a number of years, I realized banking is changing and evolving and then the traditional way we do banking and financial services will have to change. So that's what made me move into fintech. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've heard a lot of that, you know, from our podcast
0: guests, uh, people who worked in traditional finance, especially around that 2008 2007 yep. period. And they said, man, this is not working, even though everybody's pretending that, exactly. <laughs> that it's going to continue to work. So interesting to encounter that principle again. So, Tell me about the projects, This very yeah. specific projects you've been up to. I think from the kind of spirit of what we've been talking about, banking, fintech, kind of sounds a little bit dry, but it's some actually very exciting stuff that's been building some community.
2: Sure. So, uh, yeah, I joined uh, back then a very small fintech called N26, which is a mobile bank. I think now the second or third largest mobile bank here in Europe. Back then we were just a small team, uh, helped build and scale uh, part of that business and then uh, after the initial launch, left uh, with, with a handful of other team members to start our own company, which was called Cookies, which was a peer-to-peer payment app, TechCrunch called like the Venmo of Europe. So it was like a you know money-sending peer-to-peer type of app. Mm-hmm. And then we, we scaled it quite up nicely, but then uh, sold the company to Klarna, another big uh, Swedish fintech company, and then built my third uh, fintech, which was more focused on SMEs and helping SMEs out with short-term financing because banks have traditionally not been really helping them, scaled it quite nicely, sold it just before COVID hit to a larger German bank. And that's when, you know, the DeFi summer started to happen uh, and crypto became what it is, I guess, now. And just to play around with some ideas, we just decided to start an NFT collection. And uh, yeah, within a couple of days, this NFT collection became like a top 15 trending uh, NFT trading card game on OpenSea. You have and, any idea that,
0: that
2: was gonna happen no it was it was really more us playing around fooling around uh, creating some sick artwork of uh, 3d animators that work day and night to make this happen and then yeah it became what it is now uh, known as a uh, crypto gos crypto go
0: yeah yeah and so I think you told me previously it started with just just you and, and one other partner yeah
2: and our co- my co-founder
0: yeah and you know you brought on some artists uh, very talented put this forward you brainstorm ideas and, and came up with something that eventually you know even surprised you at how powerful it was yeah where are we at this point point? And, and when exactly was the launch again you may have said the date but I.
2: yeah so we launched almost one and a half years ago so early yeah. 2021 okay just when this whole nft hype uh, was i wouldn't say it's peak but this was the first time where really went viral yeah and people started uh, discussing about what how will nfts change art music culture so yeah we wrote that wave essentially and we're very excited to be part of that i guess fundamental change in the way we own uh, art we engage with digital art and and uh, that was very exciting uh, to be part of that initial big, big, big shift towards NFTs.
0: Yeah. So we have, you know, ancient NFT history, right? It goes yeah. back to way back in 2017 or it's something like ancient. Like exactly. And, but now we have a little bit of history here, too. Yeah. You said it's been around for a year and a half. We get to look back. How do you reflect on, you know, where you're at now, you know, versus when you started? You know, I'm sure the kind of floor price goes up and down yep. and, and you find ways to develop the project. Sure. Um,
2: what, what are you doing today? Uh, right with the project. So so after the initial hype, people started asking us on Discord, Telegram, what can we do with those NFTs rather than buying, selling, and trading. And this one we came up with the idea now known as GoGo Protocol, which essentially is an online platform where you can stake uh, tokens and use your NFTs depending on the rarity to boost your staking. Right. So yeah. let's say you have one of the most rare NFTs. Um, then you can actually get a significantly higher reward uh, than the least rare nft so basically gamifying this experience of staking and yield farming uh, in combination with nfts and this is how we evolved basically the collection from just having you know something to look at and trade back and forth but actually use for something something that is also interesting to a lot of uh, crypto people, such as staking and yield farming.
0: Wait, did you have any idea that was going to be part of the project when you started? No, or...
2: not at all. But given my background, you know, obviously anything DeFi related yeah, that's uh, was, yeah, exactly. It, uh, like I love art. My mom is a pianist, my, my dad is an engineer. So I guess that makes uh, is basically what we do today. We have this NFT side of the protocol, and then we have the DeFi side that we are now know, uh, focusing a lot on because DeFi is also in its very early days Yeah, and uh, coming back to basically my history DeFi is br- probably gonna change the, the f- financial world and what we see here in Davos uh, like every second Incredible. house this is somehow crypto related yeah. and DeFi related and with Polygon we're gonna do like massive things now in, in the DeFi space so yeah very 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 excited about that
0: yeah I just talked to a banker they've had a bank for you know Decades, yeah. decades, like like almost maybe one of the original bank private banks or something, sure. right? And they decided they wanted to be one of the first to deal in cryptocurrencies. Yeah, a uh,
2: Swiss bank, I assume. Uh yeah,
0: yeah. yeah here yeah, in yeah, Switzerland. That's yeah. so very fascinating coming from this world that yeah, maybe might be seen. It's exciting because there's money involved, and you can do fun stuff with money, yeah. but it's a little bit dry. Um of course. and seeing how it evolves into something that you're, you know, it's like you'll take it, right? Oh, wow, this is interesting. This is fascinating. There's so many incredible
2: things going on, right? I mean, in our white paper for the Google protocol, we actually wrote, we found the number that in the next 20, 30 years, I believe over 70 trillion US dollars of assets will be inherited from the younger generation, you know? And young folks like Gen Y, Gen Z, they're not gonna invest in gold bullions or I don't know, some stock that their parents grew up with, Mm -hmm. they're gonna invest in NFTs, they're gonna invest in crypto, gonna invest in DeFi. And if you look at that number itself, that's like, I think 30 or 40 times higher than the current market valuation of all crypto projects combined. This gives you a clue of, the room we have to grow in the next years
0: yes it's fascinating who would have thought that the sort of the systemic problems of those you know late 2000s right that that people were looking for an answer to yeah would you know lead to stuff like this it's really fascinating absolutely um i think that you know we just want to know before we wrap up here i know you got to get going and we appreciate the time that you spent with us is just, you know, what's next? You know, what's next for you personally? What's next for the Go-Go's and everything else? And and you can even share what you just generally think is next. Sure.
2: (laughs) So one thing I can share, the Go-Go protocol that uh, embeds also the NFTs is gonna relaunch uh, version 2 or 2.0, probably as early as next month. And we're very excited about that. We're gonna expand the product offering there will be very interesting uh, products for, for the user to stake their, their crypto with and uh, engage with their NFTs. And then other than that, we are basically launching a money market protocol on Polygon. It's hopefully first native money market protocol called Ovix. And basically, this, there will be many touch points between Gogo and Ovix because, you know, continuing that DeFi, I guess, story. Currently, we, we lack a sustainable source of yield in DeFi. And this is where Obix comes to play, and uh, yeah, very excited about the next uh, weeks and months. Uh, and yeah, personally, uh, you know, I get little sleep as it is, so I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But <laughs> definitely looking for better weather uh, and this incoming summer.
0: All right, sounds good. Well, I'm definitely motivated to dive a bit deeper into uh, GoGo and uh, see what's going on. Yeah, uh,
1: I'd like to add a question, so I know. Oh, sure, we've got a question sure, from the yeah. audience.
0: <laughs> so, so what is it?
3: How does OVIX solve the the DeFi yield, how are you thinking about that differently? Let me
0: re-ask it too, so how does OVIX solve that DeFi yield in your opinion, how do you think about that differently?
2: Uh, So when we uh, look at money market protocols and lending protocols, we see that many have this multi-chain or cross-chain approach. So they don't really stay true to one blockchain, but rather wherever the current hype is. And uh, what we saw and identified, Polygon, which is, you know, in my opinion, the strongest blockchain in terms of scalability other than Ethereum, didn't have this really natively focused uh, money market. So a lot of people moved back and forth between other chains, uh, layer ones, layer twos. So we, the Go Protocol, is on Polygon. So we identified that for our users it would be great if we can basically support them throughout the whole yield generating journey. And yields currently, if you look at where yields actually come from in DeFi, they usually come from lending and borrowing initially. Then there's, you know, arbitrage opportunities, other funky strategies. But the... uh, the, The Funky uh, strategies. Yes. uh, Uh, Exotic strategies. (laughs) Exactly. Like based on like derivatives and you know.
0: We've all encountered some funky strategies before. Exactly.
2: (laughs) So that's why, you know, we're very close with the Polygon team and uh, they also approached us around the same time when we identified that problem and said, hey guys, uh, let's do something, right? And, And this is where Ovix came to be and we're hopeful. We're now in public beta. Over two, three thousand users organically and uh, a lot from within the GoGo community as well, by the way. And uh, hopefully we're going to launch in around one month or so. Once the dust settles now with this uh, uh, market terminal we, we were in or still in. And uh, yeah, very excited about that. And that way you can have like really sustainable yields on Polygon for the broader Polygon ecosystem including for protocols such as GoGo. So very, very excited about that.
0: Awesome. All right, thanks a lot. Oh, you, you know guys. what? Before we cut, just let people know where they can go to find out more about you websites, you know, web links.
2: Sure. Uh, so, yeah, um, you can find us on Twitter at Google Coin and at uh, Ovix Protocol, also on Telegram or Twitter with the same uh, usernames. And uh, the websites are googlecoin.io and uh, ovix.com. Lovely to meet you. Thanks Thank for taking you. your time. Thanks. It uh, was a pleasure.
0: All right, here we are back again at Davos. I'm Ethan, here with Josh Krieger from Edge of NFT. And we have some very special guests today, Maria Buccellati and Andrea Abrams. And we're going to talk a bit about fashion. Exciting topic to bring here to Davos. I'm going to let them each introduce themselves, and we're going to jump into a rousing conversation. So why don't we start with Maria?
4: Yes, I'm Maria Buccellati. I'm founder and owner of Faith Connection and co-founder of Faith Tribe.
3: Beautiful. I'm Andrea Abrams. I'm the founder of Fiji Code. We are a consortium of industry leaders in physical and digital uh, metaverse development, helping brands and entertainment products bridge the gap between the physical and the digital. I'm also the chief strategist for Faith Drive DAO with
0: Maria. Excellent. And it's such a privilege to have you here. I know, you know, we had to kind of pull you in from everything that's going on. I know. Andrea, you've like gotten two hours of sleep yes. every day for the past yeah. week. <laughs> so, anyways, it's great to be able to spend some time with you. I think a great question to start with, just to give some foundation here, is you know, why is Davos an important place to be for you um, this week? You know, what brings you here? And ha- have you been involved before? And if not, why now?
3: You know, this is the first year for me with Web three, with with, uh, with what's going on with the what I call the most transformative thing that's happened to the fashion and retail industry in in my 25 years in the business. I thought it was important for us to be here because it was one of those events that was really very neutral when it comes to protocols. And it was very platform agnostic. So what I loved about the program is that we have a lot of, of friends Old and new coming together that are all involved in metaverse development. So you have NFTs, you have conversations about crypto, you have conversations about platforms. And I found that the content is very innovative and very much forward looking at what's next. You know, this is what we've done so far and where are the smart companies going forward. So it was great to see some of the traditional Web 1 and Web 2 players here as well. Absolutely. I even
5: learned yesterday there's a metaverse committee for the World Economic Summit. And Robbie Young from Anaboka Brands, we we hung out with him for a little bit of time. He was only here for 24 hours. but know the fact that they're having this committee says a lot about the significance of what we're all doing and how we're spending all of our time. Maria, any comments on kind of being here?
4: Well I mean I see that what we're doing is so important in this moment and it's a moment in time and we're living it in this second. We're part of the world economy. We're part of the progress. That's why we're here. There's a reason. I mean it's not just like that and it's interesting to see such a dynamic group of people put together where there's different sorts and different businesses. I mean, I was on the plane, and next to me was the mayor of Miami. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you're going too. And he <laughs> said, you're going too. And I said, I have a talk, and I do too. And it was kind of just so casual, you know. So Mayor Francis Suarez on the plane coming here and being part of something that I'm also part of. And so it's a movement. And this is what's different today in Davos. And this is why these conversations in, blockchain, in the blockchain hub are so creative and so novel.
5: Absolutely, I was just talking to the Ministry of Trade for Singapore, and they're interested in Web three. So it's really quite incredible. And you know, one of the key components of Web three that you know could be the whole focus of this conversation, or a house, or a conference, is DAOs. And I, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions of DAOs, and there's also um, a lot of uh, capabilities of DAOs that don't always get talked about, and I'd love to get both of your perspectives on DAOs and how they generally, um, you know, are working today. What maybe they could do differently, and how they apply to an industry around fashion and can support some of your goals like sustainability.
3: So for me, DAOs are, you know, again, I come from that, Maria comes from a very organic way of building community. And that's why I was so excited to, to join her. I had been in the blockchain space since 2018 with some of the biggest protocols. And, you know, I'm a big believer in Gavin Wood's belief that it's all about uh, truth and not trust. Okay. And so when you think about DAOs and the ones that failed, and you think about what Gavin said here at Davos yesterday, uh, We need more truth. And so when Maria called me and said, you know, you've been involved in in blockchain for fashion. You've been involved in funding some wonderful digital wearable platforms. How would we do this if we do this through a DAO and Web3? And I said, there's very few people who can really do that authentically and with truth. (laughs) And that's and Maria is one of them. Because I lived through that experience with Maria at the physical world. We were friends in the industry, in the, in the physical fashion industry, at a time when I said no more store parties for me Been there done that. Maria's store parties were epic. It was a combination of incredible artists, musicians that went on to be Grammy winners at a store party in Soho. It was building community. And I started saying years ago to a lot of the, the fashion brands that I advised, you need to start looking at the community you are approaching. It is consumption for access, not for possession. And the access that Maria created around faith connection is the spirit of a proper DAO. And it is that access that couldn't be so easily democratized when it was, you had to know Maria, you had to know someone who invited you to the store, you had to be in New York. We're trying to take that to the metaverse and say, we can give you access in different ways. And we can also invite you to a party in the metaverse and provide you genuine access to Maria and our tools without having to go to that store in New York.
5: And I assume that truth also means truth in labeling. Like I I had a small friend in the fashion industry and I learned that, you know, you can do one last stitch in a different country and call it made in that country, right? There's a lot of misconceptions around sustainability and a lot of moving of products from one country to another just to make it made in that country, right?
4: Well, we actually—it's funny you mentioned that. We had a T-shirt and a sweatshirt called "Made in LA," "Made in New York." It was Faith made in LA, Faith made, and this was huge. It was like a, one of our bread and butter. It's nice. funny you mentioned that. It was yeah. one
5: of our concepts. No, I just didn't understand it until I got into it, and I think a lot of people don't. And I think part of being in a DAO is learning, right, and really being in in the mix as opposed to just a consumer.
3: The Traceability, you know, I started my keynote earlier with traceability and authentication. I mean, I, when I got in the space pre pandemic, we were not talking about beautiful JPEGs and there were no punks and no apes. We were talking about NFTs for what they are and using the tokens on a ledger that is more trusted and it's a ledger that is more immutable because of what you're talking about. How many sustainable brands that claim to be sustainable brands? Uh, failed to deliver the promise of sustainability. Because when somebody found out where they were really making the garment or what you just described, this process of going around the system to claim it, but it was a false claim, the brand values collapse. Again, we consume around the community of brand values. One of the things that uh, NFTs for inventory management and traceability can do is really show authentic product origin, but also product destination. One of my big themes in my personal life, as well as my business life, is circularity. I think it's not going to be a choice in in 10 years. Every brand, anybody making product is going to have to account for the carbon footprint of that product. And so being able to have a trusted, immutable, not corruptible uh, ledger that shows where the item ended up and that it's not in a landfill in Chile somewhere, it's very important when you think of the business of fashion, which Maria has been part of for many years. Does that
5: also include a voice um, at the table in a different way because I'm just thinking about some of the controversies with big brands and where they were made and of child labor. And you could write them, you can call them, but, but that's not the same as being part of the decision-making process. Is, is, are you sort of rethinking that from a DAO perspective?
4: I'm rethinking because in any case, this experience of being in Davos has given me a possibility to learn also about the DAOs around us which yet last night I was with Deepak Chopra, and he went to me, he was speaking, and he goes, creativity is uncertainty. And what is it? We are in an uncertain moment, right? And he was in a presentation of a DAO of the cities of the future, and they were talking of how we're going to save those cities. So there we go from that to us, to going to the psychedelic house and learning about meditation. And and there again, I find Deepak Chopra talking about and doing sessions. So it's very interesting how life experiences today are creating these daos very, very special and unique. And when Andrea says, Maria, you have this way and ability to put people together because this is what I know how to do. And that, to create it in the metaverse for me, is like a dream. That we can give that experience, that people can feel it.
5: I get it, and by the way, Deepak is everywhere. Cause he was at the hotel I was at two hours ago, having coffee next to me at the table next to yeah, me. So I have a double. Or a <laughs> so I don't know how this guy does it, but he is spreading consciousness in a very profound physical
4: way. It's incredible. Yeah. And he said, "Did you come to meditate yesterday at my place?" I said, "No, I didn't know you were meditating."
5: <laughs> Has
0: achieved omnipresence
5: in Davos, <laughs> 100 percent.
0: Uh, well, you know, at, at Edge of NFT and NFTLA, um, well, first of all, thanks so much for being such a big part of what we do. You know, you were present at NFTLA in a big way and, and really helped to make it happen. Um, but what I wanted to make a point of is we've heard about um, we've heard about Faith Tribe quite a bit, and we've heard about Fidget Code, and we haven't like dove really deep. So I'd like to kind of dive a little bit deeper into what Fidget Code is and does and where it's going. So uh, can we hop in there?
3: So code became a consortium after many, many, many calls during the pandemic from retail CEOs i have done for 20 plus years. Everybody wanted a, a solution for the metaverse. and so you helped us enter Web 1, Web 2, now help us with Web 3. And I said, you know, Web 3 is not something we can enter. There's no tunnel to the metaverse. Web 3 is a whole ecosystem of tools and, and, and new technologies. It's the next internet. So I want to go back the basics and go back to the DNA of the brand and ask yourself, if you were a brand that was around at at the advent of Web 2, what were the decision-making processes? So at FijiCode, we really decided we're not, we start with what we're not. We're not an agency, we're not an NFT marketplace, and we're not a tech platform. We are a consortium of leaders, C-suite leaders, in the physical and digital areas of metaverse development. Coming from mostly the world of fashion and retail, so we have people running uh, physical authentication of product through NFTs with a variety of different platforms. We have people from digital design and physical design. We have prominent fashion designers. We have Maria is going to announce her project for Fidget Code at NFT NYC because we have all of these amazing new opportunities to collaborate with other Fidget Code partners. We have people from Metaverse for Good. We have people from Farfetch. Who you know, we have all of the ecosystem of physical and digital brands that constitute the world of commerce, which I say is truly omnichannel. The other thing that we do is we become organically an incubator. We realize that when we find a good project, it might be with a brand or an artist that is not ready to invest a lot in the metaverse. So we actually provide the funding and the umbrella. I, I like to say we're a little bit like Kith, and, and if Ronnie Fiege is watching, he's going to mm-hmm. laugh, because th- th- there were some brands in New York that defined this umbrella and incubator for people who were in the space and wanted to get into a new community. And so... In order for us to be authentic to our message, I told all my partners in Fidget Code that we have to be very authentic about committing to finding the tools to help test products. So our first product for Metaverse Fashion Week was actually with a little-known brand from the Caribbean, a festival-wear brand, which is a physical brand uh, tied to a, an organization that benefits women, teaches women how to sew, with a Metaverse leader. And um, it was such a success from a branding perspective, from exposing the brand and the activities to the world. But most importantly, I was really touched when department store friends of mine were calling to say, how do we get the physical product in our store? And it went full circle. Maria, you, you have the Fidgetal. I mean, I, I told Maria she's joining Code as well to bring the physical and digital. I think Maria is the epitome of Figital. Maria has created this beautiful jacket, which is a piece of art, by the way. It has this artist created. I think I recognize
0: this face. This, this <laughs> is her face.
3: This piece of art is in her apartment. It's been put in a jacket that is... Uh, enabled by a chip that connects the airdrop to the NFT, to the digital twin of this asset. I said to Maria, you have organically taken what you were doing in the physical world, now to the metaverse, and you are one of the images of Fiji code. So we're really trying to test the limits of physical and digital so it doesn't feel so scary for brands to enter uh, Web3. And it's interesting because this happened organically. This artist
4: brought this sketch to me and said, here, this is for you, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. I have to be involved with you. And I said, sure, let's see. And then one day, you know, we put this together when we were doing our launch in uh, Miami Art Basel. And this came together between students from Maragoni Institute and the artist and us
3: with the base of the canvas for this product. So it was very magical. By the way, during NFT LA, I wore a fantastic piece, one of my favorite old vintage Faith Connection pieces. Mm -hmm. I couldn't bring it here. It's incredibly customized by an amazing artist I met at Maria's store, one of my most uh, prized possessions. And I actually, it was very warm that day, but I wore it on stage because I wanted to show the world that we've been doing this, this customization and this community building for many years. So now we're gonna mint it into an NFT.
5: Very cool. I think that's a great segue to the conversation about metaverses where the question is, are they the home of digital and physical intersecting? Are they a gateway to the physical world? Um, Are they a place to express your identity digitally and go beyond your physical self? And I think there's a lot of challenges with adoption of usage of metaverses. I don't know how much time people are really spending in there. We met a really cool company, uh, Decentral Games, and they're dominating Decentraland with poker. Well, that's a a fun use case, right? Like, um, I like poker, but that doesn't scream mass adoption, right? So I'd love your perspective um, as sort of fashion pioneers on how the metaverse can be a conduit to self-expression from a fashion perspective.
3: Look, I agree with you, Josh, I don't think we're anywhere near the level of adoption we we're all expecting. I am one of those people that believes that we're not all going to live in a video game. It's impractical. I mean, we all have jobs. We all have mm-hmm. families. However, I think
5: I don't that, mind sleeping in in <laughs> a video game.
3: I have to do that anyways. But I will say, if you
0: watch Mark Zuckerberg's introduction yes, to Meta, yes. they sh- yeah, that it's your working in the metaverse. Very interesting. But
3: I think some of that is you know he's
0: ready for you to be working for him. I think, I
3: think people are concerned <laughs> that it, we're trying to bring everybody to a very cartoon oriented type of world. And I, I, I will tell you the fashion industry, uh, I think what he said best is it's uh, hierarchical and mm-hmm. it's uh, and it's elitist and it's very, very uh, perfectionist when it comes to looks, right? It's, it's our industry. Actually, one of our members in Fiji Code is a 20 year veteran of um, the, the publishing industry. He's been with all the major fashion publishing brands because I said to him, we need someone who understands visual communications to teach the young people of the metaverse how what looks good, whether it's digital or physical. I do think that adoption is going to come from organically from the use cases that really matter. And if you think back to Web 1 or, or Web 2, there was a time where we did not think that we would ever use, Maybe, maybe some mm-hmm. younger people did, but... Those of us of our generation, we did not think that we would ever use a digital tool to pay for things or to access our bank accounts or to communicate with our families. We never thought we would be communicating through the kind of social media platforms we have today. I find that we're in the same place today. We are... The tools are not fully developed, but you can start seeing how selling product in a virtual world that's more photorealistic and showing the garments in digital ways to buyers, for example, could be very attractive for a brand because it, it, digital sampling is gonna save a lot of money and time. Yeah, I mean, it seems like one of the more obvious
5: use cases, right? Like, it's it takes time uh, to get to the mall and to shop and and like, it's really hard for, for me at least to find brands that fit my body correctly and and, and, and that I like the style and, and you know, I can't, I can't, I'm not at the point where I'm getting custom everything, right? So, so I'd like to be able to, like, hang out at, at a, the Josh Mall and check out the shops that I love are all that. about Josh.
3: I love that you're saying that because the people who know me as the future is fidgetal, I talk about a world with no sizing. The fashion industry is notorious for brands changing the sizing. They, they fit in the... Two yeah, a and, zero, the zero. And, 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 and the same brands from one season
5: to the next it, and this slim fit stuff. Don't get me started on that.
3: No, but I think, i tell you what's going to happen. I do think that, you know, there are a lot of tools today that we see that are photorealistic scanning that gets tied to avatars. At FijiCode we are working with a couple of those providers so we do see a world in which uh, e- eventually when these tools are more accessible, cost accessible um, brands won't have to call something at 34 or 44 or 54 and you won't have to say oh in Italy this is that it's going to be Josh's size your avatar and you and automatically it will be adapted why? Because it will be manufacturing on demand which is a big part of what Maria and Raheed and Faith Connection are pioneering and now faith tribe is going to offer and make accessible to other brands fashion on demand has a lot of wonderful benefits cost circularity no waste but also imagine someone like you you now would be able to cut look at your avatar and say it's not a size this or that it's josh's size
5: now now if i get to the gym three months later can i can i tweak tweak it and get
3: you can take your avatar. I think well, you would have to pay for a new garment if you that, want. to. <laughs> this,
5: this is what I'm thinking, right? If
0: it, you could literally, I'm sure this could happen. I don't know if it's lucrative that it will happen, but you could design an algorithm that would say, if you do this, these exercises for three months, then these are the clothes that you would be wearing, right? It, it, and you could it, use it as
5: it, almost it, like it, a... And you know what I'm also cool. thinking, you know, based on that is there's no reason why this information couldn't be fed to a local tailor to to tweak your clothing, right? If, if all this data is available. so So you could have these great partnerships with the local person to sort of
3: and healthcare, you mentioned something very important. I actually know of health, healthcare companies that are starting to use metaverse-like uh, tools and, and virtual worlds and avatar design to help educate young people on um, health issues to, to help prevent future um Illnesses and even like sure. diabetes and, it, you know, it's kind of boring when we teach kids in school, do not eat sugar. But when you see it in a video game, I love purpose driven gaming, OK, because that's going to be very exciting for education.
5: You know, one other thing, um, the juices are flowing. I'm tired. Cup. What oh, you, you could bring your your shopping assistant with you into the metaverse and your shopping assistant can be in Brazil you're in LA, right? So there's something interesting there. And then, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to unpack and, and you could have like, you know, your friends there with you and, and you could sort of talk
3: to your favorite brand. and, and You could customize an item with Maria Ricciolati in a virtual world. I mean, look at our store. We did a beautiful store in, in the Central Line yes, and a party, and good. now you can actually see the real Maria Ricciolati in the rear jacket and create a digital customized piece that becomes an NFT. And maybe if you want to pay for the physical, we could also create the physical.
5: And what about co-creation among designers and, and different textilists, right? I mean, I think that's probably a little bit easier if you have sort of this visual canvas in front of you virtually.
4: Yeah, that's the next tip. <laughs> and actually, we're, working we're
3: already that. working on that because the, what we talked about earlier in our panel was Well, you know, Faith Connection was pioneering this collaborative effort under the umbrella of a very strong brand. You know, there's only so many artists that you can access and so many people who could attend the party. Now, what we have on, we could have an endless number of digital artists to join the platform and we could offer them the chance to customize items. They could use our utility coin to buy access to different tools and, and discounts and a variety of elements of our industry that are typically very hard to access until you reach a certain critical mass. But you can also create digital versions of garments that could be far more interesting than you thought. You know, There are limitations to what we can do in the physical world. And I talked earlier about metaverse identities. I tell all the brands, the biggest opportunity I see for you, you're not just dressing the physical community members or customers or you're trusting their alter egos so the brand that we launched fidget code uh, by wildflower it's a carnival wear brand i don't see myself wearing that in manhattan anytime soon but my avatar was rocking it in the metaverse and i don't want to be this person in the metaverse because in the metaverse i can be 15 other people so if you're a brand you can sell me certain things in the physical world and you can sell me infinite styles in the metaverse. So I do think that we are exploring more of that. And the artistic community is embracing it because out of that, brands will also be able to source new talent that was not available to them before. So
5: So it sounds like there's going to be a Faith Tribe DAO fashion festival in the metaverse at some point in the future. Well, we
4: just already just did the burner one, so it's already happened. Of course. With Blondish. Oh, she's great. She's awesome. Blondish was great but also you're going to be able to come and customize on the Metaverse with our artists. They will have their turn. You know, you can pick them mm. up.
5: I think this is such an important conversation, Ethan, because like I think the Metaverse is so nebulous and we've really talked about some very specific use cases. Here. Sure. Yeah.
0: And uh, unfortunately, we'll probably have to cut the conversation. And I think for two reasons. One, Andrea needs some sleep today and we don't want her yeah. to have to squeeze in more and more and more into less time. Uh, actually helped her earlier escape uh, from a request and then somebody came in and requested it. It just didn't work out. <laughs> That's the first reason. Second reason, if we keep going, your brand is going to turn into joshstore.xyz okay. and is going to completely change the direction the tribe of the company.
3: Creative, uh, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe a, for a, the next <laughs> podcast we'll announce Josh's collaboration <laughs> with Faith.
5: It, it's, it's a little bit of an uh, interesting predicament. We actually, we we have a, a small team still, but we have four Joshes in, in the company, so the Josh there's, so there's definitely some Josh Dow thing happening yeah. at some point in the future. Or yeah.
4: we're going to do a there's collaboration, a, Josh, hey, time. We, we should make your, your, right. your fashion video. There's here. a
5: lot of Joshes in Web3, and, and if you're going to now be aware of this as you start to like network more. How many Joshes you run into?
3: Oh, yeah, but I there's never say. like you. This is like a signful episode. No, I'm not gonna. It's I know fine. I'm dating myself. So I, but, but this is a signful episode through Davos. I'm gonna be texting you guys. So many Joshes? It's we the found. Josh, one of a kind.
5: Just, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna one start one a Telegram one. group. Just drop them in the group. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I know at least one other Ethan.
0: I gotta start working hard <laughs> to build the Ethan Dow here. <laughs> I haven't met too many Ethans, man.
4: So
3: you're going to sleep. I'm going dancing, and you guys no, are no, I just wanna yeah, know, It's been yeah. such a rich uh, conference. Where we were talking talking about earlier is that we had the, you know, the schedule program. We come from a world, like at UCLA, we had all these things scheduled back to back and meetings. But the thing about Davos, going back to your first question, is that the whole town feels like a campus and we're all kind of jumping around and meeting. Exactly. We're being stopped constantly. Like, are like a campus. Uh, last night it was like more and more. It's so exciting. You don't want to stop. It's yeah. it's a great it's a great environment. We're g- great to be here. Great to find partners from from the U. S. that that we're working with because it's been uh, it's been interesting to share the conversation because now you're experiencing the same things we're experiencing and we can take yeah. it to the next level. It's great and
5: it's great to see both you in real life again in Davos and hope it's a very productive uh, remainder to your week. Thank you for joining Thank you. us for a little bit. Thank you, Thank you Make been. sure Thank and share you. how people can get involved. Websites or Socials to power. Yes,
3: so uh, Faith Tribe, um, so we have uh, www.faithtribe.io, and you can learn about Faith Connection and Faith Tribe, and you can learn all about our utility token. And Fiji Code is FijiCode.io. And Fiji Code, uh, you can learn from our website about our consortium members. We'll be announcing 10 more in June, and we will be announcing uh, a lot of the collaboration projects and ways to collaborate. Faith Connection with the next guys. Don't forget.
5: Oh, Faith Faith Connection, connection. the brand. (laughs) Beautiful. Um, Thank you
3: so much. Thank
5: you, guys. Thank you. Have
1: a great day. Thank you, guys. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award winning brain computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGens who strive to shed the Cumberbund and Pearls, comes a jaw dropping, awe inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale, and model of yacht, as well as weather scale, model of yacht, or actual yacht.
0: Hey there, Ethan from Edge of NFT, coming to you from Davos yet again. We're taking advantage of the fact that it's not raining right now <laughs> to get some time outside, uh, let you see the, the scenery and in the environment, We'll go for a little walk as we talk to our guest right now and if you catch this on video um, you'll maybe see some beautiful misty mountains in the background so without further ado i'm going to introduce cyrus fazel from swiss Borg. and we'll get the conversation started with him giving a little bit of background on himself and uh and what he's up to
6: yeah, well, my name is Cyrus Fuzal, you said I'm the proud founder and CEO of SwissBorg, always here to serve you. <laughs> <laughs> so what about myself? Uh, I'm a Persian, Swiss as a background. I worked 10 years in TradFi, mainly in hedge funds and private banking wealth management, and didn't find my purpose, and I said, okay, well, you know, What should I do? And I said, well, I probably should do the same thing, but provide it not to that 1% of that planet, but focus on that 99%. Mm -hmm. And I got into crypto, thanks to my dad that's in Iran. I sent him some Bitcoins, then I realized that Bitcoin was not just a thing to speculate, was as well a product. Then I understand- I'm gonna stop you right there. You
0: said thanks to your dad in Iran. You sent him some Bitcoin. So exactly how did this work? Did he introduce you to crypto, or did you introduce him, or did you,
6: yeah, how did, unpack that a little bit. That's a good one. He definitely didn't tell me to send him Bitcoins. Oh, okay. But it was his 70th birthday, it was like five years ago. Uh-huh. And long story short, in Iran, you can't send out money. This, this doesn't happen, right? There's no bank accounts, there's no Swift, there's no credit cards over there. And my cousin told me that if I would send him some Bitcoins, he would then buy a bottle of whiskey for my dad. Okay. And uh, and he said, "Yeah, send me like you know whatever a big amount of bitcoins. <laughs> I send him some bitcoins. He did buy a ball for my dad. Okay. Eventually. So that's how I got. Okay. To under it. To what year was that? That was 2015, yeah.
0: Okay, so so the, those bitcoins that you that you was, that you coughed up for that whiskey <laughs> are probably worth quite a bit right now. <laughs>
6: yeah, especially the fact that uh, the price of alcohol in Iran is very expensive because you can't get usually out of the Compound supermarket. It. Right. <laughs> so you just tell them, hey, I'll give you the whiskey back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for the bitcoins. Yeah. All right.
0: Exactly. Okay. Great. Thanks for unpacking that a little bit. See, <laughs> yeah. Move forward on the story here.
6: And, and then like I think so many people, like you, you go from speculation to then actually understanding the product and the product to understanding the philosophy of decentralization and all of that. And Ethereum came into place in my life. First I thought it was just another Litecoin. <laughs> but my co-founder, Anthony, that's very, he's an engineer, his background. He's like, no, this is, and then I understood Web3. Like this is a platform where we're gonna be building things. Are we gonna be doing whatever we want? We wanted to sell our projects to SwissBorg to people, fundraise, all of that. It didn't happen, no one believed us in 16. And then in 17, we said, let's just do a crazy ICO and let's see how it works or not. And fortunately, it did work very well. And uh, we did raise our hard cap back then in 2017, 18. And since then, the big mission of SwissBorg is democratizing crypto wealth management by making it fun, fair, and community centric, yeah.
0: Beautiful. I love that. It's this great mission, nice and succinct and uh, wraps in a lot of the ethos of, of Web3. I think so, yeah. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what you're doing these days, like things that people should be looking out for, how they might be getting involved or right. or gain start to gain awareness. Yeah. Yeah.
6: So there's two things. I mean our platform today enables people to especially from Europeans, it's mainly the the big marketing community we have today. People could buy and sell crypto, deposit within a few seconds their money, do some DeFi within a few seconds as well, and get you know a great amount of yield on that. And uh, but looking at all this, the DeFi uh, world, it's a really massive you know jungle. And with that jungle, you have great opportunities, but you have the snakes as well and things that are different and difficult. And I think so. One of the big thing that we've been saying for a long time is not one. F- size fits all right Right. and I think so the idea is to offer more and more different customized yields based on risk based on a length of time you want to lock your tokens and as well the payout that you want and that's gonna be one of the big things we'll be launching hopefully this summer where people could say like yeah if I have a low risk I'd rather go into staking ethereum to go like in stake ETH and just being a validator for a Stake ETH 2.0, or on the opposite, I want a very high yield, and I'm gonna to go to yield farming, which is obviously higher return, but a higher risk, and people should understand that. That's one of the big things we wanna do, yeah.
0: Got it, so that's what you mean when you say, not one size fits all, you're offering different, call them products for different levels of, of risk tolerance. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and being sort of, not fully transparent because there's a lot of things people need to do their own due diligence about but being as transparent as you can about exactly uh, what, what they're getting into
6: what are you getting to which protocol where is it staked, uh-huh. and have like uh, you know the proof on the ledger if the people want to check it out and and see where the funds are are they segmented and and all of that which is very important i think so today
0: great okay, let's stop a second and let people get a get a view of the mountainside here we'll, we'll chat we'll <laughs> chat at the at the ledge here nice. <laughs> Okay, so now you told me, of course, we're Edge of NFT. Yeah. And we love to talk web three and DeFi and all kinds of stuff like that. But, but you said you're actually cooking up your own NFT projects, yes?
6: Yeah, that's exactly true, yeah. I, the, uh, the idea here is that, uh, especially at the World Economic Forum, I think so, we always have to think about what are the impact we're creating on, on the planet, right? And, um, you know, two years ago when I was here, I remember BlackRock, which is the biggest asset manager in the world, said, by 2030 every investment will be ESG compliant, so environmental social governance approved by certain standards and um, you know it made me think that that's a great thing to say and it's a, now a great thing to actually put into place and and we're going to create a thematic essentially that uh, we'll be investing into layer zero one and twos based on environmental and social governance so making sure the, the, the blockchain itself has a low carbon footprint, but as well that is real decentralized, that as well has a deal structure behind it and has you know a great governance uh, to it. So that's the, the product itself. So it's like an ETF, mm-hmm. people will be able to invest it and you we'll know, be able to find the tokens, rebalance it within people's wallet. So it's not like a fund, it's actually a, more a strategy. And for that, we're launching this NFT uh, collection. Which is that we we want 10,000 superheroes and super heroes that could potentially mint this uh, NFT, and uh, the idea is that by having this NFT, well, you obviously are part of this new evolution and revolution. And the second is that a lot of the royalties of this NFT will actually go to buy more tokens on the markets and be given to a DAO, where people could take some initiatives. On this ESG topic, hmm. so I think so that's a really cool way how to to have a real strong mission of having that Hiro Shiro uh, cyborg NFT, but at the same time have a deal process where people could think, could, people could pass initiatives, and people actually could get a lot of different airdrops with these new tokens, like you know step in. That's a really move to earn cool thing, or you know other ones sweat coins or things like that, and right. other things that have that. ESG type of mindset. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's great. And we've been pleasantly surprised at how much ESG has entered the conversation um, here at Davos and especially among the kind of the bustle surrounding the convention yep. and uh, people are incredibly excited about the possibilities that blockchain brings to ESG. Yep. Uh, we talked to an uh, organization called Proof of Impact.
6: Yep. Right. Know where, these
0: guys? Yep. Exactly. Well that's all they're about is um, just bringing it on the blockchain. Exactly. Making sure that people can trust what's going on. So that's very exciting.
6: There's like NF trees as well. I don't know if you heard about those ones as well. It's like NFT. You plant each time you mint an NFT, you essentially will be creating a tree, and uh-huh. essentially you'll be able to say like, well, thanks. To me, I got this NFT, which represent trees. I think are a lot of, there's a lot of great initiatives and uh, that could be monetized. But more importantly, I think so could save our planet, which is, I think, so what we're all here for. Beautiful.
0: So, you know, we'll wrap up soon because I know you got to move on to some other things today. We really appreciate you joining us. Love to ask you, you know, what's inspiring you outside of, of your inside world there, you know, in the world of Web3, NFTs, DeFi and maybe even a little bit of where you think things are headed.
6: Yeah, I think so. Like today, we're in this one of the, the worst period of, of this planet, environmental, social and socially, right? And uh, in the pandemic, the war, the economy, everything is going to showing us we're doing something extremely wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I think so, uh, you know, we're not going to solve this today at the WEF, but I think so we need more and more people to have this conscience that rather Mother Earth or humanity is not going very well. Web3, I think so, it is definitely something that could change the relation that we have with the economy that we have with products that we have essentially as well with governance. So anything that has a DAO structure that has a token economy around it, I think it's lovely, especially if we could get more to identity. And I think so that has been a lot of this NFT craze is that obviously people flipping and making a lot of money. That's one thing. But it's as well how to acquire new status and the status could be through a lot of different tokens. And I think so that for me is where this we're starting to build this digital identity. And at the end, what's a, you know, the blockchain is just a book and there's entries of what did you do as yield farming? which tokens did you buy? Which NFTs did you collected? Which, which things did you mint? And, and, and if you could bring an identity on top to that, well, then people will do the good behaviors and probably will be start to reward people doing these good behaviors. I think so this could be something really exciting as, as yeah, building like a proof of identification on the blockchain.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I love it. Well, that's, uh, I, I love the forward thinking. I love that you're able to share that with us and I'm sure the, the listeners and viewers are appreciating your insights on the future. The potential future. Um, We'll wrap up here. I want to make sure, before we go, people know how they can get involved with SwissBorg, give them some links, uh, places to visit, actions to take.
6: Yeah, so, you know, anyone could download the SwissBorg app besides the US market. Sorry guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're still not regular, regular, we have, we're still not licensed over there. We're a licensed company out of Europe mainly, but you know, always on Twitter to follow uh, and uh, yeah, share the love. Beautiful. Well,
0: thanks so much for
3: joining thanks, us. Thanks, Ethan. so much. I appreciate
0: David, David, sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been really privileged to talk to these world leaders here in Davos, Switzerland. Thanks for joining us on this journey. We have reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks everyone for exploring with us. We've got space though for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends, recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right
1: now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. You can also come and participate in edgeofnft.com slash
0: discord
1: and get to know the community. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. And thanks for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.